Welcome again to our Monday edition of Punks on the Pitch. Uh, as always, a busy weekend of footballing action. Um, but we're, well, first of all, I should introduce who I'm with. I'm with my good friend Zanaeli, as always. Um, but we're going to start on a bit of a, a sad note, because this is something that's literally been announced before we came on to record. Um, former Senegal international uh, attack, well, I guess he was an attacking midfielder, but midfielder, uh, Papa Bouba Diop has sadly died at the age of 42. Um, it's come out that he'd been long suffering with a, with a long-term illness. So I'm guessing to like families and close loved ones, this isn't too much of a shock, but yeah, aged 42 is very young enough, especially coming off the back of the news that Diego Maradona died as well this, this week, bit of a sad, sad week for footballers. So um, I know I'm kind of springing in this on you a bit, Dee, but any any memories of, of Diop in the Premier League? Um, to, to be honest, it, was, it I remember when we were at Portsmouth and West Ham. Yeah. Um, but what did come up, like, almost coincidental, was a bit, I don't know, but I, it came up this week uh, about the when Pompey played AC Milan. Yeah. And I was, like, watching that, and I was like... Super do up, right? And I just <laughs> yeah. like forgot that he was in the team at that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have any, like, I don't really have a lot of memories. Portsmouth and West Ham aren't exactly teams I was like a big fan of, um, especially in like the mid two thousands. I had my own worries going on with Liverpool, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I do remember like he was always, you know, to be that those the teams he was a part of during that time they weren't. They may not be so big now, but at the time, West Ham were doing well, Portsmouth were doing well. Mm. So he, he, he was, you know, he had his successes. Yeah, so well, he was part of the, the Pompey FA Cup team. Mm. And obviously, as you mentioned, like that glorious night against AC Milan at Fratton Park. Um, I like, Weirdly, one of the memories that sticks out with me, it wasn't even in a Pompey shirt, is when he was at Fulham and he scored an absolute thunderbolt against Man United. Um, and that kind of became a bit of his trademark was just scoring these absolute worldy like rockets from like 40 yards kind of thing um and i think like in the spirit of this show he has a very like punk attitude i think like anyone that kind of comes from the african footballing scene and makes a name for themselves in the top tiers of any european league has that with them but him in particular like he was always like a really awkward player in terms of like he was I think it's like six foot three, quite like gangly for a midfielder, but he just didn't take any shit. And like just like looking through the brief articles that have already coming out, like as I say, this is literally sort of breaking as we're recording. Mm. But there, there was an iconic image that like stuck with me with from from his Pompey days. I think him and Danny Murphy when Danny Murphy was at Fulham. Like what had like this really like tough tackling match against each other, and there's just this image of him like standing like a foot over Danny Murphy, and it's just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, like it's just like no, you don't you don't fuck with Papa Booba Diop. So yeah, yeah, very very sad news. But mm. um, we'll go on to 
to more lighter and brighter things. We've had the FA Cup again this weekend. Um, as I've mentioned on this show before, I fucking love the FA Cup. And it's precisely for this reason we see these little, we've said it before, these minnow teams getting yeah. results and scrapping away. Um, we've got a couple that we can kind of talk about. So I don't know. Should, should we start with the late, the one that, that finished most recently in, in Marine? Uh, Marine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like obviously they'd already sort of scrapped their way through to the second round after like going, winning through on penalties. And this is kind of a bit bittersweet because I think me and you both have got an affinity with having a Waterlooville. Yeah, that's what I was, it's, it's upsetting that it's haven't. Yeah. That they've, but in fairness, Marine again have shown they're a decent little side. Like they, I don't think this is a, like the shock that it could have been. Like they, they were very much in the game for the whole of it. It's just the circumstances where that it was a goal in the hundred twentieth minute that ended up sealing yeah. the win. I mean, I, I, I think that was the last bit of like highlights I was watching, just to, like because I was watching all these other things to catch up, and. Uh, just like I uh, had it on like the little news feed for like checking it, and I'd like watch the thing. And, like the the explosion of the fact, like that hundred twenty minute of goal. And like I love the fact that it's like surrounded by houses. Mm. And like just, like there's a footage of someone just like leaning over the fence with, like a glass of prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> watching, um, and uh, just there, and then like the explosion of just like them scoring that goal, like hundred twenty minutes, like. You know you've done it. There's no, like, no scoring after that. This basically the last kick of the game. Yeah. Um. And like, yeah, great, great for them. Really, like, I'd be chuffed. And I think it's a... quite funny. Is like, uh, in the post-match sort of interview, they the uh, BT Sport interviewed uh, Niall Cummings, the guy that got the goal, and mm. so it kind of just sort of like bounced off him and kind of went in, and they they said like, oh. Did you know much about it? And he was like totally honest. He was like, nope, <laughs> which I thought was really good. <laughs> but like that's that's the way it is. Like these things kind of happen in the FA Cup. And like speaking like to you beforehand, like you, and you mentioned there with the all the houses at the back of their grounds. I thought yeah. it's quite ironic that there's been all this debate about sort of fans getting back into the stadium and stuff and. Like I, I've been one that I've held my hands up and said like I've kind of got used to not hearing fans in grounds, but yeah. then you you have this kind of experience with Marine where like, okay, technically they're not in the ground, they they're in their own properties, but yeah. they're essentially in the ground, <laughs> and you had like oh, yeah. air horns and like like you could hear like the cheering of like when they had like chances going forward like there wasn't so much like chance and stuff like you'd expect at a normal game but there was a bit of an atmosphere and i wonder if that did spur them on to get that like late late goal yeah i think so i think that um i think it definitely helped and as you said they didn't didn't seem like a big golfing class between marine and haven't um and i think having the crowd there did spur them on and i'd quite like it if they get a one of the big boys in the third round that 
it's at Marine. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. After after seeing that ground, I definitely want to see one of the big boys there. Yeah, I think, and I think, I think it would really help them to like maybe get another upset. Like, yeah, have because although you can get fans back in now, if they go off to another team, they're not going to have any of their own fans there because they like you can only get what's a thousand people. Yeah, two thousand people. Um, so there's not going to be any Marine fans going. So like. Let's get playing at. I don't know what the park's called, but let's get I think it's there. called the Marine <laughs> Travel Arena, is the official name. <laughs> uh, get it at the Marine Travel Arena. Yeah. Rosset Park, I think I've got it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Something like that. Let's get it there. I want them to play like United. <laughs> yeah. So that was no, that's. I had the exact same thought. It's like a United or a City down yeah. there be fucking brilliant. And especially like, as I say, like. Okay, there were occasions where it was very much like just whacking the ball clear and things like that, but they weren't mm. playing like your stereotypical brand of non-league football. Like, again, I know Haven aren't exactly the most silky skilled team in the world. Yeah. Like, no, that's no disrespect, but they were stringing passes together. They were creating chances, and they've got like a, de- a couple of decent little players. Like their striker. Um, I can't remember his first name, something Triore. Like he looks like a good little prospect. He's like got lo- loads of pace on him. So you can imagine they could cause a bit of a problem, especially if they get a home tie in the third round. Mm. And I think like just one more thing on on the fans. I thought it was quite funny. So did did you were you just kind of like keeping tabs on this? Or did you not watch the full game? Uh well, I just I was um trying to catch up because uh, I was busy yesterday, so I was trying to catch up on like all the yesterday's action yeah um so i wasn't watching it live i was just keeping okay so i so i had Um, it on bt sport and mm. i can't remember who the main commentator was but the like the color commentator so to say was uh kevin davis of bolton fame and they were talking about like the fans and like the air horns this was in the first half and the camera panned to this guy who had an air horn in his hand and it was like perfect moment as it, like Kevin Davis went, oh, I hope this runs out of gas. As the guy went <laughs> to press the air horn, the air horn broke and it was <laughs> it was just so good. I was just like, one, one of those things is like, you cannot make that up. But it was just so funny. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. But yeah, so Marine into into the hat for the third round. Um, joining them will be like other, obviously, like quote unquote bigger clubs went through as well, but in terms of upsets, another upset bringing through uh, a League One team, Chorley taking they're taking scalps at Chorley beating Wigan yeah. Wigan in the first round, uh, Peterborough United in this round, and I didn't realise this until sort of like doing a bit of reading afterwards, but their manager isn't even their full time manager. He's like a teacher by night, oh, really? but yeah, apparently, yeah. so. Like that again is just one of these lovely little little things that the FA Cup brings up is, is that you get these like local like businessmen and and it's it's usually always posties for some reason but yeah. they get their chance of of glory but like again I know they kind of held on towards the end but like Chorley went ahead in like two minutes which yeah um they oh no. Peterborough done two minutes and then Chorley were like 60 and 62. 
and they, that penalty like later on, um, which was saved by Christy Pym, but it's a good penalty, like and a good save, mm. like. And I was watching um, my uh, one of my friends. Uh, she lives up in Preston, near Chorley. Or our partners from Chorley, so like I was watching it with their newborn kid, and the newborn kid's face is like Chorley was scoring was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like little baby, just like captivated watching Chorley. Um, so that, that was really cool to see. I, was, I saw that before I saw any of like the actual footage from the game. Yeah, yeah. It was just this little baby, just like this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess again, like they've kind of obviously paved a, a way for a for a potential sort of big draw in in yeah. the third round and their manager I'm gonna butcher his name is uh Jamie Vermilgo oh, yeah. Vermilgo <laughs> I, I don't I'm really sorry if you listen to this um but he's already come out and said that he wants Liverpool or City and obviously yeah being in that sort of Preston area you kind of obviously want one of those those big northern giants as well, because then you know probably a lot of like your your local supporters there, their main team as well. So it's like one of those nice nice occasions for the locals kind of thing. Yeah, that would be good. And a, a bit a big northern team would be good for Chorley there, especially yeah, like something in that area. And... Yeah, and um, keeping in in line with um, they didn't necessarily. Well, it kind of. I don't know, know if it was necessarily an upset their first round, but one of the teams we spoke about at length last time round have also joined in in the third round. But I think after the dramatic style they got through to the second round, Crawley Town I think deserve a bit of a breather in some yeah. aspects. But obviously, League Two beating League One, it's still an upset of sorts. But yeah, I mean. Just to to recap, they went through an absolute manic. I think it was, what was it in the end? It was like five four in the first. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh, was I think it was more than that? Like I think it was like six. Or yeah, but like that. it went into like a hundred and twenty minutes of yeah. normal time, and then an extra half hour of time and shit like that. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I think like just on merit of them kind of scrapping through they deserve to get through to the third round not that anyone deserves a bye but like no it's again it's the glory of the fa cup yeah it was good like uh, i was watched you know just watched it and i think it was the first goal uh ashley nadison a lovely chip Mm. over the keeper like it was a really nice goal (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah good Good, good, good for them. I, I mean, I prefer them over Wimbledon. So. <laughs> what? I don't. <laughs> somebody, it's weird. Like people have this thing with Wimbledon. Like I kind of like them, but I don't know. I, I did like Wimbledon, and then the the thing that kind of put me off Wimbledon recently was uh, that footage from the documentary thing where they were like, "Oh yeah, you need a home and stuff like that." It's like, yeah, you bought Kingstonian out of there. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, and it was kind of a sort of like bitter pill to be like, oh yeah, it's good for Wimbledon, but you've left Kingstonian without somewhere to play. Yeah, and I've just uh, I've just looked. It was six five the the uh, the Chorley game against yeah. Torquay. 
So I was close. I was two, I was two goals. Yeah. Off, but, <laughs> but yeah, like again, just manic, manic sort of. Well, yeah, obviously not okay. not so much around this time for for the win against um, Wimbledon, but yeah, still just nice to see the underdogs kind of winning out. Um, the other one that I kind of wanted to to bring up was Stockport, and I'm now trying to look through my notes, and I've completely yeah. lost Stockport. I've lost my note on it. Uh, Stockport Yeovil. Yeah, so they won. They were one three two through uh, mm. extra time, but they were one nil up. And I think again. Oh, there we go. Got it now. Um, our man Adam Rooney there again after scoring an absolute yeah. worldie in the in the first round. He. Oh no! So they were they were one nil down. Sorry, I thought they were one nil up, but my mistake. Um, but then Rooney equalised. And Yeovil went again 2-1, Stockport equalised 76th minute, took it to extra time, and then a goal in the 100th minute, not quite 120 like Marine, but still yeah. pretty late in the game, puts them through to, to round three. So again, like this uh, na- National League team, that and they're, they're struggling in the National League as well, I think. So mm. it's it's always, I, I don't know, it's sort of a weird thing with the Cup, isn't it? Like, it does throw league form completely out the window. Oh uh, yeah, because it's a a one shot. Like basically, if you don't win this game, that's it. There's no like you haven't got another thirty seven games to fix. It <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know? Um, and it's yeah, it can throw it out the window. And some teams thrive on like a cup run. Like you always speak with like some some of, like the bigger teams obviously make more press. Um, when they get a new manager or another building team, they're like, oh, yeah, they, they're building a cup-winning team. Or like, but they're not building, like, a league. They're building a team to go on a good cup run. Yeah, and yeah. it's good to see, like, these other, like, these smaller teams getting a bit more press at the moment, where in the early, like, the early rounds of the FA Cup seems to have a lot more eyes on it this time round mm. than normal, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and um, so it's good to see like these teams that are maybe struggling in their own leagues, but having putting together a nice little cup run in the FA Cup, and hopefully it goes further than the third round for some of them. Yeah, this is the problem now, isn't it? The third round is when your, your big boys turn up. <laughs> yes, kind of see people fall away. But it's good like these first couple of rounds with a lot more eyes on it, and seeing these smaller teams and their like I. You, I would never have known about Marine if it wasn't. Oh, definitely. This little run, yeah. And like uh, you're saying, that like, kind of about the the added attention they get, and I think mm. again, like on, through the coverage that um, BT Sport were doing, they were saying that um, I think I'm not sure if it's like their kind of like chief exec or or whoever it is does like the running of the office kind of thing with Marine. But they were saying like they were kind of obviously in the run up to this game alone were inundated with like media requests and stuff, which is obviously something yeah. they'd never sort of seen or kind of had to deal with. So they were a bit like kind of throwing a bit of a wobbler, like having to arrange everything, <laughs> which I think is quite funny. But and obviously now this it's just going to be heightened even more, especially if they get a big third third round tie. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that was kind of. It, obviously, the other kind of big one that's sort of uh, come out was um, Stevenage 
being Hull in in penalties, which again isn't like the ma- biggest scalp, but again is mm. is a giant killing of sorts, which is what you always like to see in the in the FA Cup. Um, before we kind of talk about potential matchups for the third round, as we say, like the big the big boys are coming, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I am going to bore people and I am going to talk about Pompey, but Pompey beat Kingsley in 6-1. Yeah. It was a very professional performance, but I think the reason I kind of bring this up is because at the beginning of the season, I was very much a doubter of where Pompey were going to go this season. And so far, touch on wood, Kenny Jacket's proven like he's changed the formation around, he's changed the system and like, okay, we've had a few little blips, but we're proving to be a decent side again. And a lot of people going into the FA Cup game were thinking the jacket was going to rest players and, like, it might have been a bit more of a tougher game against Kingsland. But I think he kind of put a statement of intent. It was like, no, we need to reach at least the third round. Fielded a pretty strong side. And, yeah, rolled out 6-1. Like, we were 1-0 up within two minutes from... Yeah. Um, Rasmus Nicolaisen. I always struggle with that name because mm. I want to say Nicholson, but it's got an extra yeah. extra eye in it. Um, also, his name's Rasmus, so it just reminds me of the band, the Rasmus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like because I, I was watching the highlights and then I saw him. It's like, oh yeah, that's that Dane that you signed. I was just like, he, some of the uh, some of the players in the pump team at the moment look. Like what's it? Uh, Sean Ragger. Oh, mate, Sean Ragger like, looks like he's been through the wars. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this looks like a pumpy team. Like, <laughs> yeah. I could see so many people walking around town. Like, yeah. I was like, so I was like, I saw it watching the team. I saw it smart. I was like, is he missing a tooth? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? He's got a broken like... nose, a fucking bent out jaw, and a broken t- and a missing tooth. And then, uh, was it around, I think, Mark, Marcus Harness's goal? And you just hear, and it was like, fuck off! <laughs> but I was like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, true true Pompey. And, yeah. like, I mean, I, as I said, I love the FA Cup. I always want to see Pompey kind of thrive in it, especially sort of the history we've got in the competition mm. as well. I think a lot of people kind of expect it. Um, and, like... I don't want to seem unfair on Kings Lynn because especially in the first half, they looked quite a fairly decent team and I know they're doing quite well in, uh, I think, are they in the National League? Or National League South? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, they're like, they look a half decent side, but it just showed like Pompey showed that bit of quality and just, yeah, as I said, kind of put in a professional performance, which... yeah. It looked like a a decent team. I don't know exactly how they're doing in the league, but that watching that just looked like a yeah, like a professional. But like it was, it wasn't a. It didn't look like it was like a shock six-one or like it looked like it kind of felt. And it's probably bigging it up a bit, but it's kind of like when you watch like City go out and play it, and they do, and you're like. 
that's not like a shock that they scored that many goals. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like they should have scored that many goals. Like, because that's the thing. Like every time they went forward, they l- not necessarily like looked like they were going to score, but they looked threatening. Mm. And like, especially like, yeah. I think it might have been like tired legs towards the end of the game. But like, when um, again, I'm going to completely butcher his name. But um, Jordi Hawaiwu, I think his name is, like he's the, a youngster we got in from Coventry, like got his first goal for us. But he like ran down the left, cut in, curling effort from the edge of the box sort of thing. And that was the one that made it six. And it was that kind of extra bit of quality that just sort of yeah. like got us across the line sort of thing. But yeah. Um, but as I mentioned, like obviously we'll have the third round uh come monday night i believe it is going to be again obviously all the premier league teams come in all the championship teams come in we've already mentioned like we'd love to see like a united or a city at marine but yeah. you being a liverpool fan do you want uh an easy tie or where where do you want for liverpool at the the way like the last couple of games i would take the easiest of ties um the, the the midweek I've stopped watching, <laughs> just awful. Um, and I've not stopped. I like. I remember having like Conchesky at left back and like some of the teams we used to play, and that it was just awful against Atalanta. And then yesterday was again, and like, we get with our injuries and. It's just, I yeah, give me the easiest tie possible. <laughs> um, we need like the problem is the uh, with our injury, like we've got like one fit defender at the moment, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like it's just like um, need someone to get like Williams and Kim, like he's probably going to play the youth team anyway. Like it feels like just to, but we need the team for like them to. How someone they can like get a win and get some confidence. Like, yeah. Winning breeds confidence, and just getting thrown into like the Premier League and Champions game is not really going to help. But if we can just build it up a bit and get Reese Williams and maybe Billy Kimeto and Nat Phillips playing a bit more regularly, it won't be so bad for like the next month until we can sign another defender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Or. You know, just get Van Dyke a robotic leg, and that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I'd, I'd take it at the moment. It's. I don't think uh, I don't agree with all that. Like I do play a lot of games, but I don't agree that there's a lot of like. The, I think it's just a lot of injuries and it's a lot of stress, and I think we need. I know, like it, it's it's a weekend, so it's not like we're playing an extra game, but we need. Uh, some time just to be like right we can rest some of the other players yeah get these other ones free just cut like it's like every game we play someone goes up injured at the moment so well we can like have a breather <laughs> there was that um brilliant image uh, that came up on match of the day i think oh, who was it was it milner possibly yeah, yesterday, yeah. <laughs> who was like yeah i think it was james milner like down in the hamstring like and mm the camera just like focused on Klopp's face and he just had like the most perplexed look. He was just like gone. I was like, he is not a happy man right now. Oh, it was, I, it's, 
I can understand to say that I watched um, like his interview with Dead Kelly, and I don't think it was the right response to blame the broadcasters. But I can see the frustration of having so many injuries mm. that it's getting to like you're just like, well, what, what can we do? This is getting like it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and even like Alana going off for Brighton, which shouldn't shouldn't be so much of a shock because Alana has more injuries than Jamie Redknapp. But <laughs> it was. Like, uh, it's just like this is getting to the point now. Where it's just like we can't you can't do anything like just keep going through and yeah it happens to every team city had loads of injuries last year it's you can't wallow on it too much like your team isn't 11 players yeah so, we'll see well that's the thing like as i said like with pompey a lot of people kind of thought that that um jacket was going to play a, a weakened side but he didn't but yeah. i guess like depending on who even pompey get in the third round like he could change things up because especially if they're taking this promotion push seriously you want your best players fit and healthy for for the league whereas like as you say yeah. like, with a team like liverpool like their focus is the premier league and the champions league so it's yeah and it's like i know like a lot of people will see it as a as a bit of a cop-out but i think it's a good opportunity for youngsters to get a bit of game time yeah. so we've got plenty of uh youngsters and uh fringe players that could definitely make a use of this uh i'd love to see minamino get some more time on the pitch and this fa cup game would be a good time for him to get out there more uh and it should be right but yeah i'd like a gone off on a long tangent there, <laughs> but just a nice easy <laughs> nice easy tie yeah <laughs> Um, and in terms of kind of like we've obviously, as I said, mentioned like a United or City at Marine, but yeah. I don't know, like, is there any other kind of tie, ties that you think would be quite sort of juicy that, that could potentially well, kind of come uh, out? I think the most obvious one, um, like sitting opposite you here, Portsmouth, Southampton. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. Like, if you don't get a lot of opportunities to play them. Uh, it's be a good shot. And South, I mean, Southampton are doing well, but Danny Ings is injured, so yeah, it'd be. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, uh, so like a lot of South Coast, maybe like a Bournemouth or Brighton, like saying some like South Coast derbies would be quite nice. Um, where it's just a time when you want like the teams that don't really play each other to get in. Yeah, yeah. Is Millwall still in the cup or are they out? I think they're out. Are they fit? No, that's annoying. I want them against Chelsea. I want. I just want all the stupid rivalries that you never get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only one that kind of stands out to me is just because I think it would be quite interesting to have uh, brother against brother. I want to see Stockport mm. against Derby. That would be my one. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but I don't. Now he's like manager he's kind of he's like he dropped himself from the game the other day didn't yeah he? i think will rooney play or will he sit back and i mean i think if he's against his brother he might want to maybe get a few digs yeah. in you don't know <laughs> outside of the fa cup not just the only places that upsets occur leagues around europe have, have also seen them um 
one that I'm going to kind of spring on you a little bit just because I saw it just before we started recording, but the other ones that you're aware of. But um, in Scotland, a place we don't really go to that often on this show, I think that's more my doing than anyone else's. Um, but Ross County beat Celtic in the in the Scottish Cup. Now Celtic have been a dominant team in the in the Scottish League for years and years and years. Ross County are kind of considered not necessarily a minnow, but not necessarily one of the bigger teams in mm. in the side. But there's mounting pressure on Neil Lennon at the moment as long-serving Celtic manager, and this has just kind of added to it. So. Yeah, like you love an upset, yeah. you, you love an underdog story, but this is worrying times for well, not worrying because they'll probably bounce back. No. But I don't know, like you kind of associate Lennon with Celtic, and this could be the end of an era for them. Yeah, well, it's his second run there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and he's he did so well the first time, he was instrumental in them when they were treble trebles or whatever it was. I know obviously Rangers went around at the time but they won the treble three years in a row yeah. he was instrumental I mean, I'm not sure if he was there for all three I think Rogers was there for part of it but it was he was instrumental in getting that team to that position to do that and uh, looking at the, the lineup, um that's not a weak Celtic team. no like that's all of those players you'd expect to be starting week in, week out. Um, and being 11 points behind Rangers at the moment in the league like, is a worrying sign for them. <laughs> the, the, obviously, you're, they're expected to be bringing in trophies. Like They're one of the... you know, I, I don't think Scotland only has two big teams, but for most people... There's only two big teams. Yeah, yeah. And Celtic have been dominant for so long with Rangers' absence that they're just expected to bring home the trophies and being knocked out in the round of 16, uh, being 11 points behind in the league, it's not a good, not a good sign or good time. And it's for... quite interesting that, like, so, as I say, I don't really kind of keep keep too much of a close eye on the Scottish League unfortunately but mm. like Neil Lennon has always been to me like this proper like hard nut guy like that doesn't take shit from anyone that's the kind of like image and portrayal he's always kind of given off but it's interesting to see like from this match report and like some of the stuff that's coming out from pundits is that he seems to have like lost the, the dressing room and like a lot yeah. of people are kind of saying like the players don't respect him, which I find really, really interesting. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think that. It's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would have thought that like someone like Neil Lennon is always going to command respect. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's interesting to think that he would have lost. I mean, look at it, like he's still got Scott Brown and like Christopher Ida. There's a lot of. Actually, looking, there's not that many players were there from his first run, um, but you know, it seems, yeah, it seems very strange that they've, he would have lost the, uh, the thing to being so connected to the club as well, yeah, like player and manager. Oh, yeah, it's very strange that. Well, we if we jump across the, 
across the channel and go to to mainland and after mm. bigging up Erling Haaland so much last week his Borussia Dortmund team struggled against a, a struggling Cologne team and, and lost 2-1 um, in kind of I wouldn't say convincing fashion but Cologne were a very good for their money in this game considering their yeah. second bottom of the Bundesliga against the Dortmund team that are chasing the title I know we're only early days but yeah they went 2-0 up um, before Torgan Hazard pulled one back for the, for the hosts and then I've completely forgotten to write down his name but the the clone keeper the clone. yeah oh the clone keeper yeah um, was Timo Horn yeah absolutely phenomenal save like lay on mm. to like make sure they got all three points um but like on the kind of opposite end of celtic like in the bundesliga dortmund and munich kind of look indestructible so when we see these moments of these chinks in the armor it is like yeah. rubbing your hands kind of thing a little bit yeah no it was uh like you said the cologne um it didn't look undeserving of the win. They looked like they, you know, it was a deserved win. And I don't think Dortmund did too much wrong, really. It was just not putting their chances away. Yeah. And it was one of those games that I would, if I was like a like a Dortmund fan watching it, it's one of those, and I'd be used to watching it. It's like Liverpool and there's a lot of City fans are used to this kind of feeling. It was just being, and Chelsea fans are being just be really frustrated. Yeah. Of being, they'd just be like, just, put the ball in the like when you see like some of the things you're like how are you missing this like <laughs> these like which was one of the harland one misses i'm just like especially like the machine that harland is yeah um it was just, just like what was going like just like just put it in put it in the back just just do it like this and i could see a lot of like the Dortmund fans being really frustrated watching that game um because like i said i don't think they did too much wrong but it was just not really putting the putting the ball in the back of the net where Cologne took their chances and they did look deserving of the win. So yeah, it's good. It's also saying that they'd it was like their first win in like nineteen games. Yeah, something. something like that. Which is crazy. But, but you get these upsets. This is what like it's always it's better when it's not your team. <laughs> yeah. You get you get these things and every so often like this is why you know football is the beloved game that it is yeah. when you get these little things like this and this one's it's still considered an upset but not so much mm. in the point that they lost but um Juventus against Benevito uh one all like and this is weird Benevito was a team like I hadn't really kind of heard of like I knew they obviously existed within Syria but not one that I'm sort of too familiar with but then on watching the highlights, their manager's bloody Pipo and Zaghi. Yeah. Which straight straight away endeared me to them. I was like, oh, my my youth is back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was one of like, uh, like you said, it wasn't, when you sent it over to me, and I was like, I did not know that they were in Syria. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, and it was... That was an interesting, uh, interesting game. And like I said, having Inzaghi as manager is already a great start. Um, 
But I, I was watching it and I was like, I couldn't find out why Murata got sent off. Um, which was... But it was weird, because I saw um, Pirlo defending the fact that he hadn't played Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, and it's, and they, apparently they've been kind of relying on Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Murata like, this season. But I kind of feel like Juventus should be good enough that they don't need Ronaldo playing it's, to like win these games. It's really strange. Like, Pier, like so, friend of the show and uh, co-host of the Got Got Need podcast is mm. um, Liam Baxter has this weird hate for Andre Pirlo, and I always like, I'm like, what like what's your beef? And he's just sort of like, <laughs> I just I just don't like him. But and like ever since that, like I've kept a, a closer eye on Juve mm. than I had previously and like he hasn't done a good job like they're f- like they're fifth at the moment yeah. and it's just like they should always like them in my view it's always them ac and inter like at the top three in syria but as you say like they are being really reliant on ronaldo and Morata, and it maybe proves dividends that like they do need Ronaldo in the squad, like if they can't yeah. put like then no disrespect to, to Benevito, but like the the highlights that I saw, like when they scored that equalizer, the commentator was celebrating it like it was a ninety minute 90th minute winner yeah. and like it was the best thing that had ever happened to the club. And it's not like Benevito are struggling themselves, like they're a mid table side at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the fact that they got an equalizer against Juventus was this like monumental occasion for them. And so it kind of shows like even a draw against Juve now is con- seen a, as a giant yeah. game sort of thing. Well, especially such they like, but they dominated uh, Syria for so long. I mean, I can't, I can't remember the last time someone that wasn't Juventus won the league. Mm. Like, and they, um, and they were doing so well. I know just, I, Fairly sure that when they did bring in Ronaldo, it was only to take him to the next step in the Champions League, because that's like the one thing they couldn't win. It was like, well, Ronaldo's—that's the player that will help us win that. But it's kind of just—it's almost like they've gone a bit backwards this season. Yeah. Or maybe not necessarily gone backwards, but not put kept the pressure up where we've seen, uh, especially the last season, Inter started to come back. With all the, well, I mean, a lot of ex Premier League players, but they've made it work and Inter's becoming a dominant team again. Mm. Um, AC, who've a five point clear at the moment, have become a, a dominant team again. Well, I mean, they've got a god as their striker, so. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, does that sound effect? Um, that it, like, so, but you know, it, it's again, you can't just rely on that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. There's other players around there, and it's yeah, it's very, very strange to see Juventus in this position. Like Sassu, though, are above them at the moment. Yeah, and no offense to Sassu, though, I know they had a good run previously, but you, you're, you're not listing them off in your top like Italian. Oh, definitely. Like, so, yeah, strange times. Like, so, I mean, they're six points behind the top at the moment. However, they are undefeated. Uh, they haven't lost a game yet. So, it's only nine games in. There's still time for 
to turn it around and take it to bring bring those points back. Yeah. So we'll see. See, it's still a long time away. Yeah. And we've pretty much mentioned to all of the sort of big leagues in Europe, minus the the French league, I guess. So we'll we'll trip over to to Spain, the Liga. They weren't yet weren't without their their upsets as Real Madrid losing to pretty much the identical way that Dortmund did against Deportivo Alves. Um, yeah. 2-1. And again, like, Deportivo went 2-0 two, two up with Madrid kind of pulling one back towards the sort of latter half of the second half. But I, for me, this one is quite interesting in that there's a bit of a, a story that I, I'll bring up in a minute that I'm kind of glad that they lost <laughs> in a way. But yeah, again, like Madrid and Barca, you always kind of consider them these like indestructible teams. But like when they do falter, it's it's heard around the world sort of thing. And like yeah. Deportivo, like they, I think the second goal was a bit lucky because it was like a counter-attacking goal. But they, again, they, they played well. They did their job against... Zinedine Zidane's team and unlike Dortmund I don't think they like from the highlights I saw anyway they weren't exactly creating chance after chance I think like they had a a few decent opportunities Mm. but they weren't like hammering the door sort of thing but yeah I don't like just the weird Uh, weird world of football yeah it seems um, that Real Madrid are sort of stagnating at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they seem they seem a far cry away from like the Galacticos of like the the, the mid noughties and or you know the 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 three time champions like back to back Champions League winners. Um, it, it, yeah, that's it's a team. It's Real Madrid is the kind of thing that you used to look at or you, you expect to look at all in white and it to be these crazy players like when it when you know when we was in the noughties when it was like Figo and Maca and Zidane yeah. and like and then recently when it's been Ronaldo, Bale, Benzema like Ozil, Cruz like these like Casillas like all these great players and they've still got you know a lot of good players there but it just seems, and they just don't seem to be working. Like it just seems, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't seem to be connecting anymore. And it, they've just, it's a bit like when Sudan was last in charge. It didn't have a good league season. Yeah, I'm kind of like why he left. Um, it's very like like I was quite like Hazard going off injured again, which isn't. There's also some stats saying that he hasn't played more than like four games in a row for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Like, which is crazy. Like, like, it's unfortunate for him, and it's but like it's the way the the Madrid fans are, they still how they turned on Bale. It's not like he's. I can't see them backing Hazard for <laughs> yeah that much longer. Um, and yeah, the the uh, Alvarez sort of you know yeah they looked like it was good. See, I've. Trying like when I was watching the highlights, and like was it Jocelyn? Seems to have a few players that like Jocelyn used to play in the Premier League. Yeah, I can't remember. That was it. I was trying to think who the fuck he played for, but yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it just seemed just like fair, fair play. Yeah. Fair play to them. And it's, and it's a weird. Sorry, I was just looking at the league, the, the table. And I mean, what, Madrid are fourth, Barcelona are down in eighth. It's a weird looking the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to seeing that. Like... So having to scroll down to find Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was looking at. It was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's bad for Madrid down in fourth. And I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite interesting, like, even though it's weird, Madrid still do have, like, these household names, but, like, mm. it's. It is weird, like as you say, that like from the Galacticos times when you like you could probably reel off like ninety percent of that starting eleven sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas now it's a bit like, oh yeah, they've 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 got Hazard, they've got Cruz. You're kind of like yeah. questioning like who they've got in that team sort of thing. And it's, yeah. It's... Well, so, you took it, I mean, I mean, obviously they've got to bring in new players and stuff like that. But like it was kind of, the stuff that were just like. Who's Diego Artuba? Yeah, like, yeah. Where did like, this guy come from? And obviously, like, you know, you've got to bring in youth players the same as everyone else does. But, um, but yeah, it's just a strange, strange time. And obviously, there's a lot more big teams across all the leagues now that are capable of bringing in the big players and giving the big wages and yeah. stuff that Madrid aren't the powerhouse they can used to be financially. But you still, it's still like the you'd expect an iconic team from them. Like you said, when they, well, when they come out and all in white, it always, like, you see it on this, when you're watching, like, the Champions League games, saying, and they always look impressive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, now it's, yeah, interesting time. Yeah. Let's see how long they stick with Zidane this time. And the the reason I said, like, that I was kind of glad they, they lost is because uh, there's a story that came out... Um, so like the last week or the week before, um, but it was Tony Kroos basically say like saying that players that have over the top like elaborate goal celebrations are like idiots essentially. That was kind of what he was getting mm. at. And like, okay, you can kind of understand Kroos being German. He doesn't like to have fun. Um, <laughs> Efficient. That's right. Yeah, but I think like relating back to something that we mentioned on our, our Friday episode last week, mm. Anton Griezmann, the man of famous hair now, um, yeah. he was one of the people that Crows was like having a go at basically for these goal celebrations. Griezmann scored an absolute worldie today and then did this ridiculous celebration to kind of bite back <laughs> at Crows, which I thought was hilarious. So that was part of the other reasons I thought, like, Crows just being a bitter old man. (laughs) And they drill it back across! And they have their equaliser! What a moment for Benevento! And for Pippo Inzaghi! Gaetano Letizia! With a goal they'll never forget. Right, so as always, rounding off the weekend, uh, we pick our punks and Tories of the week. <laughs> D just hitting his mic a little bit there. Um, I'm going to start just because we mentioned Barcelona, and he's a man that I've criticised in the past, but I'm giving him a, a gold star this time round. Uh, Lionel Messi is going to be my punk, purely for his celebration of of his goal uh, today. So for people that haven't seen it, when Messi scored, 
uh, he took off his his shirt, which obviously is an automatic mm. yellow card. Uh, but to reveal um, Anul's old boy's shirt underneath, which is um, in tribute to Diego Maradona, which obviously has been sort of applauded by Newells himself and yeah. sort of various other people around the world. But the reason I think this is punk is the fact that Messi knew he was going to get a yellow card regardless. It's a lovely, lovely tribute. And like I think is an Im- one of those like, footballing images is kind of going to stick around for a long time yeah so yeah that's why i've gone with with messi despite me thinking he's not the punkest of people that mm. was a pretty punk move from, from yeah it's going to be an iconic image of messi in uh maradona's shirt yeah <laughs> and like there was um there was a like i i can't remember where i saw it or who who the photographer was but somebody's got like there's a perfect shot of the back of messi where mm. his shirt is halfway up, so it's like half Barcelona, half Newell, which yeah. is and like it's where the ten like overlaps. So it's like a really really cool photo. That's cool. Cool, right? Who's your punk? Uh, so my punk is you spoke about them on Friday, uh, Bodo Glimt. Yeah, in Norway. I just think it's a great like <laughs> uh, first championship team. Uh, or first championship for them. He's only been in the top flight for like two seasons. A sign like that. Um, the fact like one of the most north first, just like the first championship in above the Arctic Circle yeah, or something yeah. ridiculous. Like I think that's just amazing. I think it's just cool. And uh, uh, Tromso got promoted. I think Tromso now got promoted. Oh, did they as well? I didn't see that. Which then puts them as the most northern team in a top flight. Yeah. <laughs> which is fucking um, bonkers yeah like Norway is just a mental looking like you forget how big Norway is and uh, like how like it stretches round like it's got a border with Russia uh, like, <laughs> yeah. like it basically stretches around the top of Finland and like uh, Denmark uh, fin- uh, Finland and Sweden mm. um, and uh, yeah it just covers and you're like yeah, it does like go that far around, and it's um, yeah, I just think it's great, especially like Boda Glimp. I think it's just great, yeah. But this little t- it's when it's like it reminds me of a couple like about five, six, seven or so years ago when before PSG and Monaco kind of took over, when like you'd get like Lille winning a league and then Montpellier, and then like it just yeah, like, yeah. teams that are, like, yeah, fair play, it's not the same team all the time, like. So yeah, Glimpse, they're my they're my punks. Cool. Um, in terms of Tories this week, I've kind of gone with a bit of a well, not necessarily left field one, but um, this is the now former president of the um, uh, I can't remember what the abbreviation stands for now. Confederate, there we go. Confederation of African Football. Um, his name is I've literally just lost it. Ahmad Ahmed, which straight away, you've got two names the same. What are you doing, mate? Mm. Um, but <laughs> he's been suspended from the um, the Confederation by FIFA for five years uh, for, for corruption deals. And like, so the more I read into this story, the more of a piece of shit this guy became apparent. And mm. people that kind of follow the punks page on social media and whatever will know I've got an affinity for African football um so it's really a shame like 
when they're trying to build up the game in that continent, you've got a guy who is actively like just bailing tea, like nations yeah. out and handing out gifts to like money corporations for his own gain is just ridiculous. But then like I say, like reading back further, like this is, isn't something new. Like it's something that kind of came about like in last year where he like gave um, bribes to directors, like used like federation funds for his own gain, sexually harassed employees. Uh, he was arrested um, ahead of the the Women's World Cup when like due to sort of like uh, corruption charges as well. So yeah, just overall a piece of shit again yeah. in charge of. Uh, a footballing authority which seems to be a problem in the game is that we need to to f- fix the top but it's not going to change easily no. but yeah Ahmed Ahmed always, you're a piece of shit yeah. cool Who, okay. who's your Tory? Uh, so once again my Tories are a, a, a vague collection of people <laughs> uh, but it's uh because it's internet commenters once again. Okay. Uh, but this is um, basically, I was looking through uh, news stories from this week and I found Claire Bolding uh, refused to cover men's football, which is it's toxic for female hosts. Yeah. And um, saying, like, oh, like all praise to Alex Scott for going and starting to like do the stuff. But then it becomes a case of, like, well, we've already got one woman. Why do we want two? It's kind of seems she's saying that it was like you, you, you're going, there's one position that and then he decided uh, they're only going for one person or whatever so it's two women going for one woman's job yeah. basically um and it so it becomes uh but then which and that then kind of opens up to like people uh like getting abuse um and that it's leading to you know like stuff online and stuff like that and i was thinking and then from the, the the top comment on this article and it, it doesn't get any better from this one <laughs> from uh the the username was phone moan question mark oh god uh, straight away yeah uh legget bolding do you hear a man moaning who wants to do women's footy women's spelt with a p instead of an o um <laughs> and they said and then underneath that i'd smash alex scott though oh and it's just like oh just come on like and then you get further down, it's like, oh, I can't see anyone complaining about it. Go, like, cut a salary. It's just, you um, there's always, like, if Claire Boulding thinks men's football commentary should be left to men, then she's in with a good chance. Uh, women are just as bad talking about cricket. It's just like, why do you need this, like, why, just be so close-minded, yeah. do you think? It's, uh, like, Ironically, I saw like this wasn't specifically to do with Claire Bolding, mm-hmm. but I saw something earlier. This was in America, and I don't know the full context of this, but somebody just posted it, and I was just like, "Fucking hell!" So, uh, American like soccer player called Sarah Fuller, um, she's joined like this thing called the Power Five like game, which I have no idea what mm-hmm. that is, but I'm, I'm like, she's basically one of the first women that could be part of this thing. So ESPN have ran this story, like, all 
great like yeah like women doing great things in sport yeah and literally like i'm I'm assuming it's kind of like a mix of like our football and american football based from like what the comments are because like like they're straight away like i hope someone just like annihilates her on the pitch and like hits her really yeah. hard and stuff like that and like there's another one like another comments like literally just saying oh this is a publicity stunt and then literally like like this isn't being misogynistic she's a pretty woman mm. one of the comments is like has she got an only fans it's like oh. fuck right off uh, it's, uh it's it's so frustrating of like trying to not being like, ah, oh, you know, just white knight, and be like, you're just trying to be like a decent person, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a sensible, like, normal human being, and then you get to like see all this stuff, and you're just like, oh, for shit, like, what, like, what does it even matter to you? Yeah, like, the idea of like not having, oh, we got two female like reporters or like pundits or having it, like, it doesn't, how's that affecting you in any way whatsoever? And these people are, like clearly good at their jobs. Yeah. Like the like I mean, it's like the Alex Scott like Alex Scott was ex Arsenal player. Clearly knows exactly what she's talking about. Don't need to then justify thing be like, oh yeah, but I'd give it a smash. Like just fuck <laughs> off. Like yeah. you you fancy her, fine, keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the thing is as well, it's like the flip side of it. Like if so for example, when we had like the women's football weekend the other weekend like their sort of punditry panel was was all women it, i i feel really bad for forgetting who exactly it was but it was led like the games i saw anyway was led by gabby logan and had various other sort of ex pros but you imagine like i don't know the one that springs to mind just because i like him as a pundit is michael richards say for instance mm. he was putting that like he's a big physical like bloke Imagine like he was put in that situation. All the women, like you can't imagine it. All women be like, "Oh yeah, I'll jump on that dick." Like it's not. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. It's just like I don't. I just don't it's, get it. No, it's 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 just another it's another case of just men being shit. But, like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it was just really frustrating because I'd seen like. During uh well during the week I'd seen some again just general internet commenters up there's people like making jokes about uh Maradona and stuff like that and like still going on about like the hand of God and stuff and it's just like well, can't you like the internet's just a horrible place yeah like can't you just leave it and then I was yeah reading through that I had seen the the ESPN thing and then I saw the like Claire Bolding and I was like well Claire Bolding obviously she wasn't a footballer. But she's very knowledgeable on sport. I was going to say, she's, she's been a broadcaster for like, years. Yeah, I like, she knows what she's talking about. And she'd be only, if you had Claire Bolding, Claire Bolding would be leading the discussion like and letting other people yeah, talk yeah. about it. Like, same thing with Gabby Logan. Gabby Logan is never, like, not a footballer, but she's very good at pre like hosting and leading a discussion yeah. and letting the, the people that were ex-footballers talk about it. Um, so it's not like you're going to get any views that aren't from actual professionals or anything like that. It just seems so like, why, why is it such a big deal that you can't have like Claire Bolding and then 
it's got a Micah Richards and you know Danny Murphy or something like why can't we have more mixed yeah things it doesn't you know the sport doesn't change that much depending on who's talking about it or who's playing the no, game no no not at all the mentals are still the same like, yeah. it doesn't matter like if you're a man or a woman it's the same game yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's just very yeah, true it's frustrating to see in this day and age that we're still at that level yeah like, very very much well again D, it's been an absolute pleasure um we're looking forward to the third round draw uh well it'll be yeah. today by the time this episode's out so yeah let's let's hope for an easy one for liverpool an easy one for portsmouth and a big one for marine and a big one for marine yeah yeah perfect cool. brilliant cheers mate yes no worries